Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. Today, I have the privilege of speaking to Siggy. So Siggy Fisher is a women's body image and fitness coach. She is passionate about teaching women how to achieve a sustainable body and life mindset that is based on science and experience, not fads and trends. (laughs) Siggy is passionate about women becoming their healthiest and most confident through the power of nutrition, training, mindset, and stress management. So thanks for jumping on today with us, Siggy. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I know, I know. I just feel like since Bali, it's nice to connect with people again because you see each other and you meet each other and then you're like, but we live on opposite sides of the countries. And like we're just saying, it's not that close. It's so true. It's funny you say that because there were a couple of other girls that are connected quite closely like you and I and they live interstate and we just realize how it's how it's really easy to lose connection with people but i guess it also comes down to you know all, all of us to just making the effort and be like hey how's it going or like small chit chat or even messaging you and be like hey i've got bali belly i need your help <laughs> yeah or like your flipping note the other day about the body dick pics on um instagram oh, or whatever yeah. it was what is with instagram notes by the way a i love your notes about sliding into people's dms because i thought that is so true i don't know what the purpose of notes is i kind of like it because i get like a mini facebook update like a status without being in your face but i don't really know what the purpose of it is so i think they're trying to be a little bit like twitter not that i use twitter but what i've heard is twitter does those little notes and people can comment and share them and message you so yeah instagram is you know getting into it as well now it kind of makes sense because it's like when someone puts a post up it feels like a lot of effort to engage these days right because we're mm. so used to scrolling so to actually comment on someone's post and then it's a whole thing or whatever but when I jump into my messages and I just see short sassy things at the top I just have a little lull and you know like kind of just flick through them some people put advertising stuff up the best ones I've seen are yours and our skin therapist has one going put your SPF on today and I was like yes yes good little reminders I love that I love that too and you know what like I found that a lot of my followers are doing a little bit of sassy stuff as well and it's fun it's engaging you want to do like the the sassy fun stuff because that's what connects us all together. Yeah, and it's a bit of personality, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, we do thrive on personality. Like we yes, love 100%. those, yeah, those differences. And just like I guess you get that through maybe reels a bit. You definitely get people's personalities, but I don't know. There's just yeah, I'm I'm on it. I'm on board. I like it. I'm on board too, and especially because of the last two I've put up, everyone's like losing their minds. I'm like, cool, let's continue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I I got this. Um, so for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, your background, and whatnot? 
Yeah, sure. So for those who don't know me, hi, I'm Siggy. Um, are we watching this or are they going to be listening to this? Um, maybe we'll watch it. I'll, cool. I'll edit it. Yeah, let's do that because you look That's good. Right. So we'll oh, thanks. But so do you. But like I talk with my hands a lot and I try like <laughs> yeah. if, if people are visual and watching this. So for those who don't know me, um, hi again, I'm Siggy. I have been in the industry since 2015. Wow. Oh. Yes, I've been in the industry for quite a while and similar to you, um, Sheridan, I started as a personal trainer as well, doing a lot of like boot camps, group instructing, and then I worked my way up to one-on-one -on -one personal training and then eventually started online consulting and now I'm doing just a mix of everything. Um, but what really got me started in the fitness industry was my own my, my own unhealthy ways of looking at my body and my mind and exercise in general. So I don't know if you want me to like go the long story or like a little bit of a debrief, but like I came from a background of having a really negative relationship with my body and food. So I suffered a lot from binge eating episodes. I used to restrict myself really heavily and then binge really heavily on the weekends. And it's funny because now that I look back on it, I wasn't that sporadic binge. I would literally pre-plan my binges. So I knew Monday to Friday, I would restrict myself of not eating carbs, not eating fats. I reckon I barely ate any protein. So God knows what the hell I was eating back then. But then Friday night would come, I'd be like, cool, I'm gonna have my liter ice cream. And then Saturday night will come and be like, cool, I'm either having a pizza or I'm having burger and chips. And then once Monday hits, it's like, cool, we're doing it again. Let's thrash ourselves in the gym and then repeat. And that cycle went on for about good four or five years. Yeah. Okay. And by thrashing yourself in the gym, was it more cardio or was it strength-based stuff? Because I was going to say, there's no way you'd be lifting what you're lifting now if you're eating what Hell you know, no. you're eating then. No, no way. So I was your typical cardio bunny. I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning. I actually did this with a friend of mine back then. We would wake up at six. We were like each other's accountability um, buddies. We would run on the treadmill. We'd either do sprints or Tabata or whatever it is, and then do other cardio equipment, whether it was like the bicycle or the rower or I don't know, like anything that kept a heart rate up you know like burpees push-ups squat jumps anything like really intense and we did it twice a day wow wow yes twice a day I mean I'm not gonna lie I've been there that I remember doing crossfit and doing like a crossfit session in the morning and going for like a 10k run in the afternoon and eating literally it was like coffee and flipping I don't know maybe a piece of fruit or something but yeah I'd it's it's crazy because you think about doing that to yourself now and you're like no way girls gotta eat like I can't even imagine no way like I I can barely do four workouts a week yet yeah. alone do it twice a day <laughs> yeah yeah so what like what were you doing at the time were you studying were you at school were you how old were you um back then I would have been in my late teens early 20s so I was studying and I was also working part-time and back then I was either in hospitality or I was in in retail back then so hours were very like sporadic so hence like why I would wake up really early get the training done but if I got the chance to finish work early then I'd go back to the gym in that evening and do another cardio session yeah, yeah wow crazy isn't it so 
did you have any period or skin or hormonal or gut issues or anything going on or your body handled it all quite fine? So interestingly enough, I cannot remember what happened back then. I knew my skin was a little bit unsettled because I always was very conscious of my skin and I remember using a lot of makeup. So now thinking about this, I'm like, maybe I was trying to hide something that I wasn't liking. But in terms of hormones, they didn't decline after I competed back in 2016 or 17. Um, yeah, so I competed in for the wrong reasons. Doing doing what? What kind of uh, bodybuilding? Really? Really? Oh wow! I didn't know. You wouldn't that. think that. <laughs> no, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah, so I did it. I'm pretty sure it was like 2016 or 2017, 16, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I did it for the wrong reasons. I didn't give myself enough time to actually prep my body for the comp. I'm pretty sure I did it within like 12 weeks. I was like, yes, let's do it. Where we know with bodybuilders, it takes over 30 weeks for prep, including the reverse um, dieting. So I didn't have much muscle. I was already quite skinny and I want to say like skinny in quotations like um uh, what's that term that when you don't have um like enough muscle like skinny fat that's the yeah. one yeah yeah gotcha yeah, yeah so yeah. there were there wasn't much there anyway so when I was on stage I was literally like a stick I was very thin and the federation that I was in was more like bikini so they wanted that softer look so it kind of worked in my favor yet post-show I didn't reverse um, correctly. So I gained all my weight back and I probably gained more, about 10 kilos or so. But during that stage, I also lost my period for about six months. Right, right. Okay. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I only know you as the body shape you are now and you're strong, but you're curvy. Like you've got breasts and, you know, Mm. you've got a beautiful figure now. So to imagine you as a stick without any muscle or any womanly beautiful curves, I'd be like, I can't even... My rank no one can. Uh, you know what? Um, I might have to share it on my uh, yeah. Instagram. Yeah, I'll send you a photo and I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, crazy. So you lost your period and then you, you were still obviously training quite hard and under eating for a while there then. Yes, yes, definitely under eating and then still training like a crazy woman. However, I was introduced into weight training back then. So I was kind of moving away from just cardio but into training but I was still doing the um, training twice a day so I would do the cardio in the morning but then I would do my weight training in the evening yeah yeah right wow your body is it's amazing how much your body can handle though really like putting it through all of that so what was your wake up call or turning point or how did you transition from that Um, I'd say my wake up call was when I started working as a trainer because I noticed how many other women were doing the same thing as I was doing and they weren't getting the results that they were wanting. And I think that was like a light bulb moment going, oh my God, they're doing what I'm doing, but they're wanting the same goals as I'm wanting. I'm not achieving my goals. Neither are they. Something needs to change. 
Yeah, yeah. So were you doing your own programs? Are you doing all group fitness back then? Or like, did you have a trainer who I was kind of going, look, these are the, the strength goals we're trying to hit and you're not hitting them because you're not eating enough? Or how did you? So I was doing, I was doing my own training back then because um, I, I feel as if during that stage of my life and maybe like a lot of 20 year olds can relate to this or no 20 year olds like 30 year olds because the 20 year olds in this generation I think they their mindset is completely different to what was ours but back then I was literally just copying workouts from YouTube or I would go and Google and be like leg workout same yeah 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 totally yep yep Right. So you're doing that and then you became a PT and you started learning more about strength training and nutrition through that or what, yes. what led yeah. down that nutrition route? Yeah. Okay. So the nutrition, le- so throughout the years of doing personal training, I was heavily interested in the education side of things. So I was very heavily more into the strength training because I had strength goals. I was wanting to eventually actually compete in powerlifting. I never did. I did like mock up um, meets and, you know, stuff like fun stuff like that. Um, But in terms of nutrition, it probably wasn't till I reckon maybe four or five years into actually working as a PT that I got started interested into nutrition. I think it was also because I had these like blinders on going, oh, I don't need to deal with my nutrition yet. I've got it under control where one day I was just like, I'm binge eating. I'm being a hypocrite because I'm telling my clients not to binge eat and to eat certain foods that I wasn't eating. I'm like, I need to lead by example because if they're not going to do it, or if I'm not going to do it, they're going to, they're not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So when you start looking at the nutrition stuff, is that when you started tracking and increasing your macros or you'd always kind of tracked or you just started eating more food or how did you yeah, transition into going, okay, I need to eat more. These are the foods I need to focus on. Mm, good question. So I started doing my own thing and it was it was my fitness pal. Good old my yes. fitness pal. Yes, been there. <laughs> yeah, t- telling you that you need to eat 1,200 calories. Yes. Yeah, God. You know what? Like we live and we learn. However, after my, obviously, I didn't get the results that I was wanting and I was getting so frustrated, I ended up hiring my first coach and he taught me how to track properly and he taught me certain foods that were you know not not suitable but I'd be able to consume better for the you know the goals and the training that I was doing mm-hmm. so from there I was able to gauge better how much food I should eat or you know how many how many calories and yeah it's interesting because I'm embarrassed to admit that when I first so when I started my sports science degree and I was really like had all the gut stuff and the hormone stuff, but also was using my fitness pal and was like, got to hit my 1200 calories each day, you know, but didn't know anything about macros, protein, carbs, fat, went through my sports science degree, still did one nutri- thing on nutrition, didn't know anything about prioritizing different ones, did my master's in nutrition and still didn't know anything about prioritizing proteins and how much fat to eat and stuff it wasn't until like a year or two ago where I did some specialized training in it with um, a few other coaches I was like oh okay it's not just the calories it's the macros but like how do you know because you log on to these apps and you just kind of go I want to lose weight 
this is how much I'm like exercising. Like now I don't even bother putting my exercise in there, but you know what I mean? Like we're just, we have no idea. We just kind of go off what's put in front of us. A hundred percent. And it's not as if my, my fitness pal is educating you exactly on like how many calories you should actually be doing, uh, having, or the, the macro breakdown. It's just like, it just spits these numbers and people are like, Oh, th- these are my numbers. It's just like, no, it's so generic. It actually doesn't know what's actually happening within your life, whether it's like stress, work, are you a woman? Do you have your period? Like, are you, you know, actually wanting to lose weight? Are you wanting to gain muscle? Are you wanting to have kids? Like the computer just doesn't know. So yeah, people, yeah, it's an interesting one. So you then obviously got on top of your training and started training, strength training more, eating more food, building muscle, those kinds of things. So you were doing personal training at that time. So when did you start with uh, lady strength department? So when did you sort of branch or start your own thing? Um, I started my own thing in 2018 when I started working at Good Life Paran in Melbourne. So for those who are in Melbourne, um, so yeah, prior to that, I was working for other gyms and studios and then ventured and did my own thing, which is really cool because back then when you venture and do your own thing, you get really scared. You're like, oh my God, it's up to me now to do everything. You're wearing all the hats, you know, taking care of all the people. But you know what? I don't regret it. And I'm sure like you, you we would have made so many mistakes. I know I have. Oh, stop. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like you, you live from it. Like you don't know what you don't know till you actually realize, oh, cool, I can do this a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I can do a whole podcast episode on all the shit we've done wrong. Let's not even go down that track. Um, but, yeah, okay, so then you started. So tell me a little bit about the Lady Strength Department and the things you do with women now. What's what's the basis of that? Are you doing programs? So to, to be honest, like it's – it's changed. I wouldn't say it's ch- it's changed, but it's evolved a lot over the years. Because before I was doing my own thing, I still had the same ethos when I was working at the other gyms and studios, where it's building strong, healthy, and confident bodies. However, that's so generic. Where under that umbrella, it's just like cool. Well, I had women who were actually needing help with their hormones, or they're wanting need with overcoming their binge eating, or quit yo-yo dieting, or focus just on strength training and get really like strong and fit and whether it's them wanting to run a marathon or wanting to have babies like it's such a cool variety of women so when people are like oh like what do you what's your particular niche it's just like Mm, there yeah. isn't one like I do a whole bunch of shit yeah 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 yeah. exactly it's it's a range of stuff and you're right you cover so many different things and from even from like I love you for the mindset side of stuff with starters which I haven't even touched on but you're right that body image and that nutrition so the women within your I don't know whether it's like a membership or a program they get recipes from you and do you do their their programs as well or is it more yeah complex? so yeah, so it's not so much like a community base because the girls, or well, the girls, the women who come to me want to work with me on a one-on-one basis. So it's very private. However, within the one-on-one um, coaching, they do get recipes, you know, for them to help to have more of a variety of what foods um, they could have more because, you, you know, like cooking can get so boring and then you end up cooking the most basic shit 
ever. Can I swear? Swear by the way, yeah, I've been swearing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm I'm the same as you. Like I'll just eat the same stuff because I can't be bothered thinking about another freaking thing to cook. I'm like, no, I just keep it the same. I, uh, you know. But then when you have good recipes come through that you don't need to think about, the healthy, they, you know, fit kind of your macros loosely or whatever. You go, oh, it's so much easier exactly yeah yeah and i try every month just to spit out like you know five or ten recipes for mm -hmm. for the women and just play around with it and they're absolutely loving it because they're finding like different foods that they haven't tried before and they're experimenting and now they have like a floor of recipes where they can literally make a meal for you know breakfast lunch and dinner and not get tired of it yeah yeah you must sometimes look back on the siggy from or whatever that was i don't know 10 years ago or something and go like how far you've come so and the far things, yeah the things you're so passionate about now which is your strength and eating enough food like i remember you in bali and i was like oh shit i might lose weight when i'm here because i'm eating so differently and you're like i will not lose weight like give me the food this is not happening i'm trying to strength train if anything i need to put on weight like it's such i i just love that because it's such a flicked mindset from what we're so used to being told every single day that we need to be smaller because smaller is better Mm -hmm. And you know what? They still spit it out. Like every we, we're approaching summer, mm. and you know the magazines are out saying get ready for your summer body, get that bikini body. Even you know certain coaches out there, and you know what? Like kudos to them for still pushing it because there's still women out there who do want to work, you know, to to do the weight loss or you know whatever body composition goals they have. But the thing is, that's not that should not only be your goal there's so many other aspects of life that you should be striving for so yeah it's funny enough because like looking back i used to literally <laughs> what's that word they used to use shred shred for summer yes 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 get your bikini body ready <laughs> literally i reckon i did it for a good decade to be honest i probably since like high school to my early 20s where I started noticing this shift in me and then I haven't dieted to be honest I have not dieted in the last three years yeah yeah crazy crazy isn't it like I mean yeah to not think about I can yeah I feel like I'm the same Jew I can't imagine the last time I dieted if anything it's more a recognition of going I'm not eating enough food now like because because we build these behavior patterns and when someone like you and me who had these years of under eating and over exercising that's always going to be your default pattern until you've had enough years out of that so it, like instantly if I go on holidays I'm thinking oh like my brain automatically goes I'll oh, make sure you don't eat enough food whereas now I'm kind of going eat the food like eat enough food like you're trying to change those pathways and you must see that with so many women who have these disordered relationships with food and how that links to body image and all that stuff going on yeah a hundred percent and i'm sure you do this the same with your women who are suffering with um you know period problems or any hormonal and gut issues it's like looking at the root cause and making them realize that hey you're actually not healthy to diet right now we have to put the fat loss on hold till we can actually heal everything else that's going on with your life so in instance for someone who's suffering from binge eating it's just like fat loss is the last thing i'm going to be putting you through like we have to 
heal your relationship with your food, whether it's through your mindset, whether it's through body image, whether it's through the environment, lifestyle, like there's so many different aspects because everyone binges for different reasons. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So how do you think strength training pulls into things like these poor relationship with foods and these poor body image and those kind of stuff? Because personally for me, I found it really empowering. Do you, mm. Is that sort of your push of women that you go, okay, let's focus on strength training rather than cardio or, for example? Yeah, definitely. So usually when I'll get inquiries, I state in my form, what is your primary goal? What is your second goal and what is your long-term? And usually the long-term and the primary goal are the same. They'll be like, oh, I want to lose weight. And then the long-term goal will be like, oh, I want to have lost weight by X amount of whatever time. But it just doesn't tie in with the issues that they're experiencing. So when they start strength training, I really aim to make them focus on the performance side of side of things instead of actually body composition because the less they focus on their body, the more goals, the, the happier they become as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I love that. And you're right, like as you said or as you said at the start, like being so passionate about women feeling strong and confident and empowered and there's nothing more empowering than being able to lift something heavy like it's such it's such a good feeling and it doesn't have to be like heavy like it's so heavy but heavy is in it's heavier than you used to be able to lift and you just have this sense of accomplishment around it it's just it yeah it must be such a good feeling but absolutely for those who haven't heard the term limiting beliefs before, what, mm. you know, I know you're strong on mindset and changing the way we think about things. Why do limiting beliefs hold us back and what exactly are they? Um, well, how long do we have? <laughs> so to, to like keep it short, usually limiting beliefs are beliefs or assumptions that we've made about ourselves because of people pushing their opinions or their projection projections on us so usually it can come from childhood you know too too often we will listen to someone who tells us we're not good enough or we're ugly or we're fat or you didn't you know you should have achieved a hundred percent on your exam but you only got 99 so those are some of the beliefs that are set into our mindset to lead us to poor results and negative feedback that reinforces this belief in our in our minds in the first place and that way we want to well I want to make sure for women to understand like why is this happening where are these limiting beliefs coming from because too often they they weren't born with it it comes from their environment so for instance I love explaining this to my clients that there's this cycle of poor behavior. So it usually starts from a bad experience. For example, let's use myself. I um, got bullied when I was younger. So it's it's interesting because I was one of the larger girls in my high school at the time. And larger, I mean, not as in like overweight, but I was tall. And I, for, for the boys in my school, I was sent as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like quite bulky. <laughs> so yeah it's interesting because like the girls I used to be friends with they were like slim short and like petite where I was like the complete opposite where 
now if you've met like if you meet me i'm like the complete opposite i'm so feminine but yeah anyway so that i had that bad bad experience in high school where i would get bullied and people call me names and you know so on so you have that bad experience which then through through that poor cycle of um behavior then you go into that negative feedback so mm. you're feeding all these limiting beliefs in your head going okay well i'm too tall boys are not gonna like me they think i'm bulky so i need to lose weight and i need to either hide my bulkiness whether it's wearing like long sleeves pants and not showing my body so then by that experience my confidence declines my courage is reduced to put myself out there or to speak to people so i became really shy timid i was super super sensitive so whenever i would get bullied i'd be like yeah cool i can take it i can take it I'd take it but then i'd run to the toilets and just like burst into tears going oh my god like this this sucks like no one like if if anyone who's listening to this and has been bullied you would know exactly like how shit that feeling is so by that reduction of you know courage and confidence within myself then i started having so much uncertainty in decision making and having that disbelief in myself yeah 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 it's crazy how much it impacts everything else going on like it's you know and you were youngish then as well like you're at school it's it's trying yeah. to make sense of what people think of you there's no point you know being an adult going oh don't worry what like who cares what they think it's like well actually I do care what they think I mean even now as a 28 year old I care what they think like you know like it's really hard I guess to overcome those things and let, keep in mind like I'm not gonna sit here and be like I don't care what people think we all care because as humans we want to be part of a tribe like that's literally why we're here on planet earth is to connect with people you know what like as we were talking before we started recording we're going how sometimes being an online coach can be quite lonely because you don't have people around you all the time compared to when we used to be on the gym floor so again that can cause some limiting beliefs going okay well i haven't been around people for this long can i actually talk to people can i socialize back to dating as well like if you you know um come out of a long-term relationship and you have no idea how to date you're like th those limiting beliefs come in your head going oh well gosh like i can't meet people out anymore it's through apps i hate apps they're so boring like people just don't Let's talk see, that was me last year like i was finally was like okay i'd had a long-term relationship we'd been broken up for a couple of years i hadn't been reads a day and then mid last year i was like okay i'm i'm ready and then i was like how do you meet people and i was like i don't want to go on apps do i have to go on apps is this people what are people going to think of me if i tell them i met someone on bumble like they're going to think i'm just trying to get sex like it's just like oh it's i mean it's in your head but it's not you know it's so funny that we're talking about this because I met my partner on a dating app. There, there you go. And, and, and funnily enough, I had these limiting beliefs of not wanting to go on a dating app to find a boy or a partner or a boyfriend, whatever. But the thing is in this DNA age, that is the only way we're going to meet people because unfortunately women are too shy to actually speak to men and men are not confident enough to actually approach women in real life. So it's just like, well, we have no other choice but to use these um, 
these methods. Yeah, and it's interesting because I look at you and I go, you're a gorgeous, smart, intelligent female. Like surely you wouldn't, you of all people wouldn't have to go on an app to meet someone, you know what I mean? But it's not even, it's not even about that. And I kind of used to think before I jumped on dating apps, I was like, I must just be, I don't know, weirdos who can't meet anyone who must have to resort to apps. And then I started chatting to all these gorgeous, intelligent women who are all on apps. And I was like, okay, if that's the caliber of people who are on there from, you know, the sex that I'm looking for is sort of, I'm looking for a male in that sort of realm of things. And there must be decent men on there. There must be decent women on there. There must be, which is flips that whole thing. And like you said, it was just a limiting belief that I just thought, well, only people are looking for a short-term hookup would go on a dating app but it's not true at all so interesting yeah, exactly yeah yeah and it's funny because like I had this whole like like back and forth conversation in my head going don't go in the app go in the app don't go in the app go in the app because I was so I was so you know um what's it called what's the word I'm looking for so determined to find someone out in real life like out but the thing is i reminded myself that i don't go out yeah. I, I literally <laughs> i don't go out and if i do go out i catch up with my friends and it's not as if yeah. my friends are going yeah. to want to go out with me to find a man and again that's not my purpose of going out if i want to have a night out with friends i don't put my freaking glasses on and trying to like look for men yeah, no, I was exactly the same. I was like, well, I'm going to meet someone. I like going to the gym, but if I'm strength training, I'm not talking to anyone. I just want to concentrate on what I'm doing. You're not really doing group fitness anymore. I wasn't doing CrossFit anymore. And then I was running and cycling, which are all solo sports. And I'm like, okay, yeah. either I've got to get lucky through a friend of a friend, or like you said, you need to look at other options that you haven't thought about before. But oh, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's so fascinating. People are easing into it more now because they're realizing that this is the norm where the old school people, like we're old school, you know? So that's why, that's why going into dating apps is really weird because I remember going into the dating apps a couple of years ago. I was just like, shit, this is how people meet people. You don't meet them friends through friends anymore. So it's just like, cool. Like instead of resisting this, let's just, see what happens and if it goes it goes if it doesn't hey at least we gave it a, a try yeah yeah and like I said at the start it's all about coming over those beliefs and also that whole thing of of they what will they think I was reading this thing the other day about you've got to redefine who the they are as well in your head because it's like well who actually are they who we're worried about judging us all the time as well you know it's kind of easier if you go narrow it down and go okay well if I meet a guy and I've got to introduce him to my dad and be like hey dad I met him on a on a dating app. That to me is kind of scary because you think we're old school. Me is even more yeah. old school. So then exactly. his perception of a dating app is crazy. Whereas if it's my friends, or my friends don't care. Like if I meet someone on the dating app, they're like, happy days, we're stoked for you. So it is, yeah, it's it's overcoming and starting to sort through those layers, I guess, as well. Yeah, 100%. I actually don't think I've had that conversation with my parents. I don't think they know how I met um, my partner. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually like my number one fear about meeting someone on a dating app is like, how am I going to tell my dad? My mum would be sweet, but my dad would be like, okay, that's a bit weird, Sheridan. Like, I think he would find it weird because they, they're not accustomed to it. They, they're used to meeting yeah. people 
you know, through friends and through parties, that that was the norm back then. It's just like sometimes we just have to sit our parents and be like, social media is like the new house party right now. This is how we meet people because my dad's always just like, you know, you're always uploading videos. Like he watches everything I do, which is really cute. He's like, I just, he's just like, I just don't get it. Like, why do people want to watch this? And I'm like, cause that's the reality right now. That's how we connect with people. He's like, why can't they just watch the news? I'm like, no one does that. <laughs> they want to watch a 30 second reel of what's happened in the news. They don't want to sit down and watch the news. And same with podcasts. Like I love the cookie by Mama Mia, which is just like a five minute news update every day. But I feel like people are more attuned to podcasts and things than we are sort of sitting watching TV in a sense, or even, I mean, I love reading the paper on a sad day, but we tend not to read the paper really like it's podcasts or it's Instagram or it's social media type things that are keeping us up to date, which is interesting. Yeah, it's so true. So true. So with, if a female has a limiting beliefs about her body image or about strength training or about anything like that, where can you start? What can you do to start overcoming those things like I think about dating apps I just really had to talk myself through it Mm. and just tell myself to get over it and get on there but how do we do that with some of these bigger picture things um it's a good question it literally just depends on the person again like with the, the coaching side of things I usually love sitting my clients down and really unpacking all of their limiting beliefs, like what are the fears and where they're coming from? Because as I mentioned before, usually our limiting beliefs are formed from a really young age, whether it's through experience of, you know, being bullying at school or it could come um, up developing child through family or like different interactions. You know, like it could even happen as adults, you know, our interactions with other people, with people projecting their shit onto us and something goes wrong. But that can lead also to forming limiting beliefs. So it's really unpacking what's actually happening down and exploring what are some of the limiting beliefs. So the the most common one that I get is women not feeling confident enough to put themselves out to dating because they feel as if they're not um, skinny enough or not pretty enough. And it's just like, okay, cool. Well, where did that limiting belief come from? Like, you didn't feed this into your brain. Someone else might have. It could have been an ex-boyfriend. It could have been bullied at school. It could have been a parent, unfortunately, for, you know, putting their child down and being like, oh, don't wear that. You look fat, you know. <laughs> you know, I lo- love my parents to bits, but sometimes when I was younger, I would put on a T-shirt or pants and they'd be like, oh, no, you can't wear that. Like, girls don't wear that. So, again, that could be a certain limiting belief that's holding them back going into the gym and training or dating. So it's finding what's the one reason that's actually stopping them right now to, you know, stepping into the gym or training with weights and imagining imagining if that limiting belief simply disappeared and then asking yourself, what impact would this have on you if you could achieve whatever it is that you're wanting. Because most people don't actually think about that. They think of, oh, I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. They don't actually open their mind and go, oh, what if I can actually do this and I unblock these barriers that I've, you know, been putting in front of me? That's interesting because that immediately takes him back to starting your own business and you have Mm. these these limiting beliefs of, it's not going to work. I'm not going to make money. I'm going to fail. It's too hard. Like it's, I don't know what I'm doing. And 
you're right. If I thought, I mean, I didn't think about that at the time. It was just a process of going, okay, I'm just going to do this because I, I hate my other job. But if I thought, well, remove all those things aside and what if they weren't there, you know, how could this be? It almost, it feels lighter now just thinking about, they go, oh, if there was no financial constraints, then how good would that feel? And I mean, so then I guess by saving money, so then I just saved a heap of money so that I could live off my savings while I started my business. You almost take away that limiting belief. So I guess if you're kind of thinking about, okay, I want to start strength training, but it's too hard. I don't know what I'm doing. It's too much. You know, things like hiring a coach, working with someone like yourself or getting a PT or starting really small and joining a group fitness class and hiding at the back, you know, like those kinds of things where you're stepping yourself into it rather than walking to the gym with, you know, uh, intense program and expecting to deadlift, you know, something crazy heavy. It's it's those that, that progress, I guess. A hundred percent. And in terms of like the strength training, as you mentioned, like investing in a coach would be literally my top suggestion to anyone and whatever level you're at, you know, if, you know, coaching is not something that you can see yourself doing just, um, just yet, then the group, um, the group classes, there's many out there these days around Australia worldwide that will be so helpful, but it's literally just taking that risk, and that chance for you to go cool, like I'm, I'm here at level one, and I want to get to level five. What what changes do I need to make right now to get to that level? Because obviously, by holding yourself back and saying, "Oh, I can't do this," you're just staying at level one, and you'll probably end up there for like the rest of your life if you're not going to take that baby step forward. Like absolutely, like anything. So I had a fertility awareness method chick on Jess on the other day in the podcast, and it was exactly the same thing as what we're chatting about now. In that sense of you can try and do stuff by yourself, of course, but when you're learning, doing it with someone else, like working with you or working with Jess's fertility awareness, or working with me when it's gut stuff, or having a counselor or whatever, it just it takes away so many of those limiting beliefs because you're putting your trust on someone else and going, Siggy, you guide me, help me because I don't know what I'm doing. And it just, it makes the process so much easier. A hundred percent. Not that not only it makes the process easier, it's faster as well. And this is a thing that people don't realize. It's just like, they think, oh, you know, coaches are just wanting our money. It's just like, no, like we're wanting to fucking help you. Like this is my job. It's just like, it's the same you going to see a therapist. You're not going to see them for the rest of your life because you're going to see them for a few appointments or sessions here and there. So that way you'll be able to detect what the root cause is, why you're anxious, depressed or whatever it is and be able to move on with your life without having to see them on a constant basis. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing I've learned as a small business coach and having business coaches and also personally working with personal trainers or coaches or doing programs and stuff is that I've learned skills that are transferable and that I still use now from maybe one of the first PTs I had or the first coaching I had or the first person who taught me how to do macros properly or whatever it is. They don't they don't disappear. Like you, you keep that stuff and you build on that knowledge, which is so empowering as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that 100%. Cool. Well, where can we stalk and find you, Siggy? You can stalk me literally everywhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, my main account will be on Instagram. So it's Sig, S-I-G Fisher. 
And you can also find me on TikTok. I've been uploading a few videos Ooh, here and there. I need yes. to get on there. I've been so lazy. Everyone's like, you got to get on TikTok. And I'm like, ah, oh, time, time. But good. I'll, I'll go find I've you. Literally, yeah, I've literally just started my way on there. So it's fun. Um, yeah, mainly Instagram, a little bit of um, TikTok. What else? Um, you can find me on my website, theladiesstrengthdepartment.com. Um, but aside from that, yeah, just those two. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, I'll pop all the links in the show notes for you guys and also tag Sig in some stuff. Um, but we love you. I love you. I think you're an inspiration. I think you're amazing. First time I met you in Bali, I was like, this girl, she's just a powerhouse. But honestly, the things you're doing for women and the changes you're making, it's it's inspiring to all of us. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.